Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up. I'm Malachi Greb, your host, and here we have Doug Grog. Got it right, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he's with Yaskawa Moto Man as robotics sales manager, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep, the region? regional sales manager for uh, Kentucky and uh, Southern Indiana. That's awesome. Definitely, definitely is able to do more sales than I can do. <laughs> I'm glad to have you on today. Yeah, I thanks think, for having me. Yeah, no problem. I think that you're definitely going to add a ton of value. You've had a, a great career run so far, and uh, we'd love to learn how you got to where you're at and becoming a salesman manager of Yaskawa. Yeah, so uh, kind of been a <clears throat> different road. I started off in uh, actually with a manufacturer of leak detection equipment, then moved on to a fluid power distributor. Um, then on to another uh, manufacturer in Festo, and then uh, came back to another fluid power distributor to be a, a product manager instead of just outside sales. And then um, uh, fortunately, my current manager, he, he, we knew of each other at uh, Festo, and uh, uh, I realized he was the hiring manager, and uh, he gave, gave me a shot at uh, getting into the robot world. So that's, that's nice. how I got here. So Nice. Did you, did you ever anticipate that you'd be in the robotics world? I always wanted, I mean, cause, uh, you know, <clears throat> growing up just tinkering and stuff as a kid and, uh, and then, you know, going through engineering, uh, mechanical engineering school yeah. and then being in the automation world, uh, factory automation and robots, you know, it's, yeah. it's at the highest level. So, yeah, um, you know, figuring out all the different types of automation pieces and then, uh, realizing how popular, you know, the, the robots are these days, then it was just exciting to be like, Hey, now I, I finally have a chance. And, uh, and it's, it's been fun. It's yeah. just a blast. So I definitely love this industry. I mean, I don't, I couldn't see myself doing anything besides I robotics, especially robotics, right. But like mm -hmm. any type of servo systems, motion, give me motors and motion. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love all that, those things. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because uh, I was explaining to my wife last night, um, cause in the bio, you know, I had had a, a, the little little tagline about how it's made. And I was like, that is so important because, you know, in college and even after, like, that's what drove me to just love going into these plants and facilities is understanding how, you know, nuanced uh, products are being made. Mm -hmm. um, and then actually seeing that process and then helping them figure out, okay, how can we make them faster, better and stronger? So uh, being able to be a part of that is just, it, it's, it's a kick. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like, I don't, there's like not a ton of industries where you can work and like go into work and every day it's a different job, different task, different process. Yeah. You know, that's probably one of my favorite things about it is like not, ha I, I, I knew from like the very beginning that I didn't want to like go to the same facility every single day, day in and out. Cause like, I also knew that I, from the beginning I was, I actually planned like work with one company. I'd be there for 20, 30 years. Uh -huh, yeah. And, uh, so I knew if I had to go to, if I was going to work at one company for 20, 30 years, I wanted my settings around me to change a little bit yes. to be able to not get bored and burnt out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? Well, and, and in college is when I figured that out too, because it was a uh, junior year and I had already done some co-oping and that's when I, I was starting to realize I did not want to sit behind the desk and, and do AutoCAD all day. Mm. And, uh, and a guy came in and said, Hey, if, if you like being out and about, try getting into sales. Mm. And, uh, as soon as I heard that. I, I knew what I was doing. And uh, so it was one track uh, was, yeah. was getting into technical sales. So that was awesome to be able to learn that at that period of time, because I've heard like countless stories of like mechanical engineers getting their mechanical engineering degree and then going into the workforce and they're like, 
I didn't know there was going to be this much computer work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, it was interesting because, you know, on one of your questions you had, you had sent me, it was, uh, you know, did you uh, ever regret any decisions or, or, or you weren't unsure of any of, of any decisions? And I remember getting into the field of making that decision to go into sales. I did have that little like, what am I doing? Because so many people took that, took the standard engineering, yeah. route, which is the path that you're yeah. you know, designing. Um, and it would have it would have been all right. I mean, the pay would have been a lot more than what I was jumping into. And I, I was like, what am I doing here? I'm going down this weird path. Yeah. Um, but then once I got into it and realized like, oh, I get to see all these different processes and every day is mm -hmm. different, then that's when I knew I was like, this this is the world I want to live in. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the sales side of it, it's like there's definitely like the uncertainty part of it. Like because mm -hmm. you never know, especially like if you're heavily commission-based salary, then you know, there's a lot of uncertainty there, but it also offers like one of the highest opportunities. So if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, it's the highest paid engineering role in the industry yeah i mean it, it seems to be that uh that way and uh yeah it's definitely that that risk reward and, and that balance right and mm -hmm. so i mean if you can uh i'm fortunate enough to be in a position where um uh you know it's it's a a comfortable life and um and you've got to get out there and you've got to find the opportunities but uh, in this exciting market and with a great company like Yaskawa, it makes it that much more comfortable that I know that I can go out there with confidence and know that I'm going to be able to, to bring home enough for my family because yep. we've got the products, we've got the support, we've got the industry, we've got everything that it takes to be successful. Yep. Um, I just have to get out there and do it. So yeah. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier having the right company. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's one of the big things that like has helped me through like learning about sales is like having a product like just having confidence in, in the product that you're selling and just like yes i you know I, I was never in a sales position until i started the company oh okay and then i you know i started the company i was a controls engineer and project manager and right so very engineering engineering heavy mm -hmm. um and then so like then going into sales like it's a very uncomfortable thing for me and one of the one of the huge clicks was like like i was saying like to you off camera like I'm not the best at the words, right? Like conveying what, what, like how I feel about the, the things, right? But it clicked to me one day. I was like, inside of me, I like have this vision of what, what we are, who we are, and like the direction we're going. Mm -hmm. And like, so that like became like, oh, that's what I need to talk about with people. Yeah. That's what I need to tell people, you know? And uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy that that click is like the, the thing that makes the connection to make the whole process 100% easier. Yes, yes. Well, and another thing that you had mentioned as well is that um, that need and the necessity to, to do things right and to do things at that next level of performance, right? To be elite, right? Yep. And um, and how important that is. And, and then you don't necessarily need the words or the sales techniques, right? And uh, that's fortunately, I've been incredibly lucky to have fantastic mentors uh, along the way. And so I credit them a lot because um, uh, just Charlie Hunter, he's one of the ones that really sticks out because for eight years I got to work with him and he was fantastic. And, and his whole thing was he just, it was do what's right for the customer, solve their problems, yep. work with them, be a great trusted partner and everything else will fall in line. Yep. And, um, and so then you don't need, you don't need to be salesy. You don't need to, yeah. you know, it's just, you just do what's right. Mm -hmm. You take care of the problems and, and you're going to get those customers are going to be loyal to you. 
and yep. and as as long as you take that same mentality going into every customer then uh then you know people like you that weren't necessarily comfortable getting that sales role but have the work ethic and that desire to do what's yeah. right and to get the solutions then it it just starts coming like it is for you so yeah absolutely and i think that uh you know those who are engineers first and then flip over to sales i think they have like a very good foundation right the transition's hard mm -hmm. and like you know that first year or two is definitely going to be like some struggles and especially like internally yeah um but then like after they start getting more comfortable talking with people and everything like that that then they the the skills that they had learned with whatever they're whether they're doing mechanical engineering or programming now they can start kind of relating those skills and, and converting them into the words that like the customer that builds co confidence with the customer right because that was also like a big thing that i think a lot of engineers struggle with and i struggled with was like i know all these controls things but the customer doesn't care that much about the controls things right they care about how it's going to uh maximize their uptime and prevent downtime and and so like oh so like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, i don't need to be talking about that i just need to be talking about what they need to hear yeah. right yeah. yeah yeah and so you're sitting there you know as an engineer you might say like Oh yeah, you know the way we name our tags in our PLC is, and they're like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, but you know, if you like convert those words of like, yeah, the way we name the things within our PLC logic, it makes it easier for a programmer to uh, read the code and get things back up and running quicker. And yeah. like, oh, oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, that's how it's gonna help me. Yes, right, right, yeah, absolutely. Let's take this time to segue back into your past okay okay take me back as young as you want to take me but okay. i'd like to know like especially like before college mm -hmm. what what made you take the decision to get into engineering yeah good call um so uh i'd say a lot of it was my dad um so my dad he was the second oldest of 12 kids on a farm right so okay. he was he was the fix-it man so he he just and and it you know back then it's not like he could look things up it was just you yeah. just dove in and, and you did it right you just fixed yeah. it yeah and so um so he he was always a teacher and uh and home remodeling so we were always working on houses or or me and my older brother just you know playing with things in the garage and i was telling mm -hmm. you before how we were taking things apart not necessarily <laughs> always putting them back together but always yeah. always doing that right yeah. always working with our hands and um so that has always been part of who i am um, even to this day, home remodeling and, and doing repairs and stuff. But then, uh, then as I got older and then, um, you know, when my, when my brother went to college and he went to, for mechanical engineering and, uh, and I learned, you know, I didn't need to know exactly what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. but I understood that going into engineering opened that, it just blew open the doors as right. far as what those opportunities would be. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's when I was like, that's what I want to do. I, I, you know, I'm very indecisive. So I was like, I don't know exactly what I want to yeah. do, but if I take this path, I have so many more opportunities mm -hmm. that are available. Um, yeah. and, and that's what, uh, that's what drove me to it. So, yeah, I think that's extremely important. One of the big things that I push for individuals is like, do something, get, get a minimum, like a two year degree. Like if you go with like two year, like robotics degree, it's, it's simple two years, right? It's two years of life. Like, especially younger people, they always think that like two years is such a long time or yeah. four years is such a long time. But it's like, I just like blink and I'm like, oh, what was it? I got a, an email. It was, it was Rockwell saying, uh, your subscription is, is ready for upgrade. And I'm like, 
what do you mean it's ready for upgrade? Because the year rolled <laughs> yeah. around, right? It's so quick. The year yeah. rolled around, and you're like, yeah. wow. And it's like, I mean, it's just so crazy um, yeah. how fast that time passes. And and if, if people just get, like, especially speaking to, like, individuals who just, like, don't have a direction, then they don't choose a direction, right? Like, that's a, that's a big issue. And if they just get that two-year degree, I mean, now they're looking at, a minimum of especially if you go like in the robotics manufacturing space you're looking at a minimum of like 25 dollars an hour and that's yeah. it that's at oh, today yeah. that's, that's a, today mm -hmm. at a minimum you're yeah talking. yeah and it's going to be what 10 years from now 35 dollars an hour probably oh yeah easy oh, yeah well and, and it's what's really exciting for anyone getting into this space is how uh how quickly you can you can make those leaps um and how how much those uh companies want to help you get there, right? Because mm -hmm. they, they need you to be skilled, right? So yep. as soon as you get tied into a company that, that is automating and, and wants to expand on their automation, mm -hmm. then you just have to have the will and the desire to be like, yeah, I want something I better. That? And people will, they'll present Already, the resources yeah. and opportunities, right? Um, yeah. one, of you, one of your questions, I loved your questions, by the way, that <laughs> said it to me. And, uh, and I love just thinking through it. And, um, you, you know, one of them, you had kind of had the combination of, you know, what kind of university is the best to get into this market? And another one was, uh, you know, what advice would you have to someone getting right out of high mm -hmm. school, right yep. into this space? And uh, a couple things that kind of came to my mind were, were one, finding that mentor, right? Finding someone mm -hmm. in that space yep. that can help you along the way. Um, and then the other thing was the just getting into it somehow. So if it's, if, if you can afford college, great. If you can't finding that, that company that is an automation that yep. wants to bring on people to, to put resources and, and, and to, to build you up because there's plenty of companies out there that say, Hey, come on board and we'll help you get there. Yeah. Um, and the sooner you get to there, then you can get that two year degree and, and they'll pay for it. A lot of these companies are paying mm. for it. Yeah. Um, but it's just important to, to find someone that can kind of help you help mentor you along and kind of yeah. show you the path and be excited for you um, to, to get you into it. But there's so much opportunity out there. That's yeah, why I love this. Yeah. love it. Yeah, absolutely. I wish that like that was one thing that I've had a major downfall on, like probably the majority of my career is mentorship. I definitely ought to, wish I'd have took on more mentorship. I think, you know, part of it's just like a slightly introverted individual. Uh -huh. uh, another part is like I don't really like asking for things. I'm always like I never want anybody to give me anything for free. And mm -hmm. so like I always I always want to be like, how can I give something to you? or I don't want to ask you for anything unless I give you something first. Right. Yeah. And so like, I think that's caused like an issue with like me seeking mentorship, but I highly advise like anybody that is, is, is struggling with that internally that they, they go for the mentorship. They ask it. Cause I think that, um, it's actually one thing that you're giving is an honor to the individual. Yeah. They will say, Hey, will you be my mentor? Yes. You're going to be like, Oh wow. Like this guy, he's, he thinks that thinks of me that highly that he wants me to mentor what he what he's doing, um, and so that thought process and that that might cause that that mental shift to say, you know, that makes sense. Maybe I will ask some people because, especially when it comes to life, right? You have time that that is is very sensitive, right? So like if somebody starts pouring into you, your second year into your career might completely alter the way your career goes versus if you start being mentored at ten years into your career. And, you know, you could have essentially been seven years into your career and been at the place that you're going to probably be at 
20 years into your career mm-hmm. and yeah. and just completely streamline that process by having the mentorship and and also to just life things right and so you have your industry yes. things but there's other things like that just you can only learn from people who've experienced it and, and lived those through those processes yes well and, and you make an excellent point about um how it is hard for people to ask for that mentorship because uh when i think about like the mentors in my life i i can't say that i actually asked them for mentoring it was more of um of identifying them as someone that is mm. a mentor to you for gotcha. So for instance, like whether it's Charlie Hunter, or like when I was at air hydropower, like Tom McGuire and Caleb Schumann, like they were instrumental for me. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that I asked them, but they, they made themselves available. Mm-hmm. And so these people and, and Bill Jance is my current manager, you know, it was just that they made themselves available, made it very clear that they want to help. Mm. And so by identifying those people in your life that are willing to help and that are doing it like, in a way that you you want to do it yourself yeah identifying that and saying that's a person that i want to learn more from and i think that's where you can you know even before you put yourself out there and say be my mentor you can identify that and say that's a person i want to learn more from yeah ask them more questions get more involved with them ask them about how they got there and how you could get there because like you said it's an honor for most people like most people want to you know, they want yeah, to know that, know. hey, someone someone thinks I'm a mentor. <laughs> like, that's exciting for people. Yeah. And so uh, so identifying those people is really, really key, I think. Yeah, I think whenever you was actually saying something about it uh, before, that was one of the things that actually clicked in my mind. I was like, oh, you know, like there were there were some people that like maybe I didn't I didn't really at least label them as a mentor. But like, you know, you know, one of them was Brad Holland. He was one of my one of the first people I discussed. uh at that point in time, I was like a, a mold setter and a process technician. And, you know, I was like, hey, like, what did you do for a degree? Like, what did you know? And so we started talking about his degree path and that, you know, his mentorship is what got me to to go to college, essentially, or at least defined a little bit of like what I was going to do. And then uh, while I was in college, uh, one of my instructors, which is the program chair now, Donna Zimmerman, she uh, was the one that actually linked me up with the systems integrator. Right. And so it was just, but it was through like the mentorship process of like asking the questions like, like, Hey, like, you know, what's the best paying in this field? What's the, you know, just asking like industry related uh, questions that kind of said, and it, and it opened up the door to said, uh, one of the big things was I, I want to travel for work at this point in time. I was like, I want some of the travels. I also knew it paid well. And I also mm-hmm. wanted like the different, I want to be in different locations yeah, and different yeah. experiences all the time. And she's like, you know what? She's like, I actually got somebody that I might be able to set you up with. And it was somebody that she had went to college with and uh, they started their own system integration company. And so that's where I went and spent pretty much my entire career there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's the people, right? It's the yeah. people around you that can, that can help you network and help you just build yourself up, give you that encouragement and that excitement for what you're doing. Um, you know, it's just so many times I think about the, the people that, that I just, I asked and they, and they shed light on how they're doing things and how they're successful. And, um, another person I think about like Scott Castleberry, like, um, just really showed me how much, like he just so passionate about his team, like Mm. to a, to a whole different degree or a whole different level. Um, so just by, I think by acknowledging and identifying those people in your life that you're like, they're doing something really well. And Mm -hmm. I want to figure out how to do that. Then that's what brings you in. It has brought me that inspiration and motivation. Like that's where I want to go, you know? So it's like when you're getting out of high school, if you're in college, wherever that is, 
finding those people, identifying those people and, and connecting with them as much as possible. And, and that's what's going to help people get, get further in life, I think. Absolutely. Was there, what were some of the particular things in your life that you feel like were some key transition changes to maybe navigate your entire career? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'd say, unfortunately for the, my, my, uh, companies at the time, it was the, the job changes, you know, and, um, you know, going from, uh, you know, my initial, I was with, you know, Scott industrial for eight years and then making that jump from being at a distributor going into manufacturing sales with Festo, right. That was a, a complete shift in how you do sales, but it was really, really helpful in understanding that other side of the business, right? Like dis distribution sales is completely different from manufacturing sales. Mm. Um, but, uh, and then, so each, each time I, I took a new role or, you know, with a new company, it was, it was monumental in how the value it added to how I go about business and my, my overall appreciation for how distributors play a, a role in this game, how manufacturers play a role and how much teamwork is, is, is required and needed. Uh, uh, Festo was fantastic for showing me like, wow, that for such a large company, it felt like a small one because of how great they did teamwork. Mm. Um, and then, and then note recognizing that that was going to be important as I, any job I took or any role I got, how important that teamwork was going to be part of it. But um, I, I, th I think those, whether it's internally with your company or if you've got to make that shift, but I think taking on a new challenge, I think that's what it is. By taking on that new challenge, then then it, it switches gears for you and it, and it makes you think in a different way and it gives you appreciation for you know a whole different life. Oh, just like you said when you made the transition into this role, right? Yeah. Like it completely different for you, right? Like yeah. you were used to doing the controls and now you're doing the, the sales and marketing and so much networking, yeah. completely different for you. But can you imagine if you hadn't made that, that oh. jump, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, so that's those, those switch when I change things up in it, that's, what's been exciting. But. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, there's not been this like stage in my career. I think a lot of people will probably experience this, but, I feel like there's not been many stages where I feel like I wasn't learning. I think every part of the process, I feel like I've been learning. And I will say there has been like a, a slight increase, well, probably a significant increase in like the learnings of like just different things, right? Like um, even before, like I had a YouTube channel, and it was a fitness YouTube channel. And then with starting the company and like, so that marketing, how it transitioned from into business, but then like the new skill sets that were added as far as like the depth of marketing, right? Like with our, with our, uh, you know, initiative to, to target seat frame welding or just welding in general, right? Like before we didn't have a direction of like how we were going to market ourselves as a company, are we a material handling company, a welding company? Mm -hmm. And, but those are knowledges, right? The, the thing was, is like learning like, Oh wow. Like, the depth of the marketing is super important, right? Like, what do you, even if you have like something that's broad, right? So like for you, it's, it's Yaskawa. So like you have a robot, it's, and, and there's other, there's other product lines within that, but like, because of you're, you're selling the robot, that is you guys' product. It's the, uh, it's kind of, it's packaged already in a sense, right? You guys mm -hmm. already have 
Uh, I mean, it's been developed years and years ago, 20, 30 yeah. years ago. Like this is what our product is. This is what our business model looks like. Right. And, uh, those things have to be learned. Like if you're, if you're trying to do like marketing and stuff like that. And, uh, it's just been mind blowing, like the things that I've learned and like sales and like just how, uh, just like learning, like, Hey, we need to target this thing, like do being more direct in, in, in our targeting, uh, because before, I mean, like naively, two years ago, I'd have been like, it's not that important. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, it's extremely important. Extremely important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's important for the customers to understand that it's uh, not just a product, but it's a solution, mm -hmm. right? Like that's what our customers need. They need yep. solutions. And so um, in that marketing, I think that's what gives us it forces us to be more in depth in marketing because it's not just like, Hey, here's a robot. Hey, cool. You know, go for, it. you know, like we have to be intentional about saying, Hey, yeah, we manufacture robots. Right. But we do so much more, so much more. And um, I mean, from our support, but through our uh, technical partners, through partners with, you know, great integrators like you, like that's what really adds the value to, to why Yaskawa is such a great robotic company. Um, it's not just the product. And that's, that is why marketing is so important because those customers, uh, they need to understand the full picture to really uh, be confident and comfortable yep. in taking on these challenges. Cause that's, you know, another great question you had for me and that it was, you know, what is a challenge in the industry today? And for me, the biggest challenge, challenge is getting customers kind of, I don't want to say bought into, but um, to to get ready to go for to jump into the automation, right? Robotic yeah. off, like to have that confidence because yeah. that's a big leap for a lot of people. Yeah. And um, and and we've talked offline about how that confidence grows with that cust with that customer when they know that we've got experience in that field, mm -hmm. right? When they can when they can go on LinkedIn or whatever and see like, hey, Elite's been doing this, or yeah, Yaskawa does yeah. have a lot of welding experience. And that confidence to to take on those challenges, it's it's very important. It's critical. Yeah. It's yeah. necessary. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and like like one that's another big thing that like I've experienced as well is uh, and everybody that's doing sales in this industry or, or just has exposure with the customers, that the people that have zero automation going to automation is a huge shift, oh, right? Huge. And, and also yeah. too, like I, I think it's probably not even talked about enough. The success of that first integration for that first solution is that's paramount. Right. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah the uh when uh, i i had a customer recently and <clears throat> excuse me they asked me they're like hey what what are the keys to success in in automation you know robotic automation and it was it was finding the right partner and it was finding the the a more simple solution to take on, mm, right? Like yeah. some customers are like, well, if we can take on this gigantic task, then we can do everything else. And I'm like, well, that's cool. We'll get there. <laughs> but what's most important is the success yep. and, the, and the, as fast as you can implement something mm. and, and as easy as you can implement something, when you see that robotic application take place and take form and all of a sudden you're like, oh, <clears throat> I'm getting product consistently, great quality, I don't have to worry about time-wise or any. I can tell yeah. my customers I'm going to get this product in a timely manner. The weight just <clears throat> is lifted. And then yeah. it's like, okay, now we'll take on that next project. Yeah. But that the success of the first project mm. is so critical. Yep. Super important. Like like you said, like we go into a <clears throat> customer's facility. One of the first things we're looking at is success rate, right? And and then whenever you when you peel that back a little bit, like what ensures success rate? 
just don't do complex. Right? <laughs> That's like, right. <laughs> keep things. We'll get there, right? We'll get there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we all we all experience this where you know you you walk back to an area and they have all this thing going, all these things going on. There's 50 part numbers and you know 20 people and it's a three million dollar investment and they've never uh, they never automated anything. And it's like okay, cool. But there was that other thing right there we just walked past is one part number. <laughs> it's, it's only two employees, but you know we can we can get this out in well under six months and uh, you're good. The success rate is 101. percent Like this yeah. has a very very low chance of failure. Like the you know basically something weird has to happen with the moon or something. <laughs> yeah 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 right right right. Um, yeah. This is this this is definitely a transition. But one thing I've I've experienced as a struggle for me in sales is uh say for example, I'm talking to a customer about palletizing mm -hmm. and they're like I want to know how you're going to help me and I'm like it's like it's uh, to me it's so hard cuz like it's palletizing like what do you want me to you know what I mean it's like yeah. we're take, we're picking a box up from a conveyor and we're putting <laughs> it down like uh this is a side a tangent but yeah. it's something that to like think about like as far as like in a sales position and uh and like how to navigate around that I guess let me ask you that maybe that'll help somebody yeah uh help me at least uh-huh <laughs> It, so like something that's like a super simple application, right? Yeah. How do you portray that value of, of, of how you're going to help the customer? And that's, that's a great question. So um, for me, there's uh, at, at least a couple level. I might add more sure, to this, right? Adding, yeah. um, the one thing is I look at what it's doing for their employees, right? And so in a case like palletizing, right, this is the end of the road from their from their facility right yep so you've got the heaviest component um and especially so ergonomically it is usually a nightmare right you've got a a, a box that they're leaning over their pallet i mean it's a lot of up and down movement yep. no one wants to be doing that right. right i don't know of anyone that i've ever talked to that says <laughs> i want to palletize boxes all day not happening right yeah. and so um what we also know is so it's a pain point for their employees right yep we also know that in, it, retaining employees is is harder than ever, yep. right? Yep. So the more that we can take an employee and take them from this very annoying task, mundane task, and put them in a higher value task where they're feeling like, oh, I'm not hurting my back. I'm doing something a robot couldn't do. Mm. And so I'm bringing more value to the company and I'm no longer hating my what I'm doing, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, that escalates that that mentality for that employee, right? Yep. Which is you cannot you cannot compare that on paper, right? right? So that's one aspect of how how we help in automation is by giving that employee more uh, more value, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is just the the consistency, and and a lot of customers are understand it um, more so and and more are learning about the the consistency of knowing that. When packages are coming down, you know, you can say, I'm going to get this many boxes on that pallet. And, and it's just going to always be that case. Mm. As long as I've got products coming down, the, the consistency of it. And that is another thing that's really lacking in, in uh, you know, in these facilities is they're like, I can't get consistent with, mm. with putting my product and getting it out. Yep. Um, so I'd say those two are the biggest things that I'd say for the simple applications. It's the consistency and and how it helps their employees become more valuable to them to mm -hmm. to keep them yeah absolutely so. what about project success so you're trying to convince uh you know the customer that 
this project will be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that starts off with the partnership and, and instilling the confidence in Yaskawa as a company, right? So if they're mm -hmm. if I'm the face of, of why they brought me in there, right, with, hey, we want to use your robot or we're thinking about using them, mm -hmm. um, I want to first figure out who we're partnering with from an integrator standpoint, if we are, um, so that they understand who the team is, right? Gotcha. Team is, we got to have a team to be for this to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, and the next thing is for them to understand all the value that Yaskawa is bringing. And so as quickly as possible, mm -hmm. I get them up to Yaskawa for them to understand that we're not just handing them a robot, that when they buy into Yaskawa, it's the whole team. Mm -hmm. Like they see that, hey, they're going to get any training that they want at our facility. We've got all the all the spare parts to support them. So we've got we've got the robots, we've got mm. the experience. So we have the whole team to support them. It's not just yep. uh, here's your product, see you later, you know, yep. good luck. It is, uh, hey, we're in it with you. Mm -hmm. And once once they understand that, and once they see that, then that confidence level goes up for them. And that's how we say, hey, this this should give you the confidence that that we're gonna make this successful. Yep. Um, and then it's referrals and and. And like we talked about offline, it's about just following through, doing it, yeah. getting it Execution. done. Yeah. Execution, absolutely. Yeah. Being elite, right? I think, yeah, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that really, I think, defined it very well. And, and to say it in another way, it's taking a product and, and saying you're not only receiving a product. You're not just getting a robot. You're not just getting a palletizing system that you're getting all these other valuable assets, you know, we're getting, you're, you're getting the support, whether it be through engineering, whether it be through simulation, whether it be for through uh, 24 seven support, like you guys offer. Um, mm -hmm. Those things are, are, would differentiate the fact that you're just giving them something. Cause I, the, one of the key things that came to my mind was that like, if they're just buying a product, they now feel like, Hey, I bought this thing. Now it's here. But, but, what outside value is there? I'm thinking like the customer right now, like yeah. what, you know, okay, cool. I got this product. And then, then thinking about like, okay, if my, my system goes down, what's going to happen then mm -hmm. if, if we need some preventative maintenance, maybe into the future, like what, like what type of support do we have in that area? So I think that you definitely called it out perfectly. Like just defining the difference that it's not just a product. It's all these other things around the product. It, it's so important. And, uh, you know, fortunately enough customers, when I visit them, they, they understand that. And especially once they visit and then really get a feel for like, oh, wow, that's, I'm not just getting a robot here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's what hopefully we're going to, we're going to show more and more people is, is the, the need for that when you are taking that jump, especially for those new customers, right? The new ones that are, that are just getting into robotics, how yeah. important that is, because <clears throat> if you don't have the experience in robotics and you're yeah. trying to get into that world, dropping a robot off and, or, or in a customer's case picking a robot up or or getting it and being yeah. like all right now let's implement it that is a that is a long and hard road yeah um where if you've got a whole team behind you then you're you're gonna have success and it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be exciting yeah. instead of this scary thing it can be yeah. exciting to to take mm. on automation so yeah yeah, it could definitely be super scary for for the customers that just <laughs> yeah. have zero experience. Because yeah. um, like the people who are in the industry, like we see robotics, 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 and 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 um, one the comfort levels there, but we we almost go go to a mindset of thinking like everybody knows what robots are. 
even if you're like a programmer, right? You just think everybody knows what a PLC uh, yeah, yeah. is, right? <laughs> and and then, but there's customers that are like, "What's a robot?" I mean, still today, and what are, what year are we in? 2023 now. Uh, people are like, "What's what's a robot?" You know, I mean, to some degree, right? Yeah, they understand. How can but, it help me? Or yeah. like, oh, we don't need them. Or yeah, some some level of like uncertainty. Or yeah, 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 absolutely, awesome. Well, so one thing you mentioned earlier, you talked about the shift in sales positions. So I'd like to ask you that and maybe help navigate somebody's career as far as like what type of sales maybe they want to go into. And you you compare distribution versus manufacturing sales. Yeah. So um, uh, it's that you know distribution. There's a there seems there's so much more to that because right like you got lots of components. So if, um, and that's why I'm so grateful to have gone through that because it gave me the knowledge of getting into, you know, not only the component sale of like, you know, hydraulic valves, pneumatic valves and things, but then also like, you know, helping design power, uh, you know, power, power units and, you know, helping design pneumatic systems and laying them out. Mm. And so, um, that's one side of the, like the distribution side that I loved is that I really did get into, like, oh, okay, a customer would be like, I need to make this work. And then figuring out, okay, what valves, actuators, and controls are we going to have to piece together to make that work? And that was really fun, a, a part of the distribution side. It can also get very overwhelming, <laughs> right? Because then it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, you know, like I'm putting together the system. I've got to, you know, get all these components. It can be, you know, yeah. so there's challenges. Um, but the idea that you've got lots of different products to learn about and to implement at customers uh, that's, that's a fun aspect of it. Um, and, and you're dealing with lots of vendors. So lots of learning. If you want to learn, if you, you love learning, that's a good route, right? Okay. Um, uh, if, if you, if you don't like that, if you want to be more focused, then, then that's where the manufacturing is, right? Because you get to be more focused on a, on one product or maybe a few products or product lines. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and it's much more targeted at, what you're going into a customer for, right? Like I'm going in to sell robots at a, at a customer, right? Very defined. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not learning every day. Cause I got to learn applications. Yep. I got to learn how to implement these, even about the robots and defectors. There's mm. always learning curves, but a little bit more focused. Um, then also when I went to the, the product management side, um, I love, I really love that because, uh, I, I love working on a team, right? So it was fun getting able to be the support person, for all these salespeople, mm. and uh, and I like that because I love team selling. So it was fun, like going into a customer, and we'd come out and be like, "Yeah, that was great." Yeah. Uh, and so I love that aspect, <laughs> of it, right? Uh, and and I love working with the vendors, and and um, and that side, you, in my mind, to be a product manager, you you've got to be in the mindset that networking and and teamwork and accountability is of the utmost importance because. Um, you've got to be interfacing with those vendors and making sure that they're happy, making sure that you're understanding what product is going on, making sure, figuring out, okay, I've got this product. How do I, how do I work with my team to get that product sold? So yeah. there's a lot more, I think, analyzing and, and strategy in a product management type of sales role than just hey, you're a salesperson, go out and sell, you know, and, yeah. and there's still a lot of strategy in, in the salesperson, right? You got to figure out your territory, figure out your customers and figure out how to do that. Yeah. But when you get into product management, um, there's another level of that strategy. And, uh, and, it, and I love that part of it. Um, but then when it came to robots, I was like, I got to jump to go <laughs> to go yeah. and get into robots, you know? So, yeah. so it, was a, it was a really hard decision to get out of that pro 
product management to come back into sales, but uh, but to be in the robotic world, I, I had to say, yeah. and especially under you know my my manager Bill, because because uh, he's just such a great guy. So yeah, yeah. And he did he did he come from another uh, company at one point in time? Yeah. So okay. it, we met each other. Um, we knew each other at Festo. Okay. And uh, and so that's how we initially knew each other, and that's kind of why he gave me a chance. And and he knew yeah. my experience, and um, you know, fortunately he kind of had the wherewithal um, or at least he trusted in me enough to look at my experience and say, Hey, this is a guy who's, you know, has a, a pretty comprehensive experience, but is also um, is comfortable with the customer is comfortable talking about larger projects and, and how it can help their customer, mm -hmm. um, you know, reach that higher level of productivity, which is necessary in this world. So, yeah. um, so he was willing to take a chance on me and I'm glad he did. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I think that's a, like a, a perfect example. And part of the reason why I called it out that that's the, the mentorship, that's the relationship, yeah. the human side of things. I mean, it's like somebody you met what uh, 10 years ago had put you into a, a completely different career shift. Right. Right. You know, absolutely. And, and now it's essentially has altered and may alter even more like how you're, career path would have totally ended out yeah oh yeah and no question about it no question because it's uh um i was on a great path anyways and i think it still would have been a great if i would yeah. if i would have stayed there and stayed in that product management role and um but but yeah getting into this level of uh of automation and having this focus on robots and and especially uh you know i i love uh having an impact on the customers you know that that i i realized in the past few years, how much more important that is for me. Mm. And like, you know, the bigger impact, the more excited I am. Yeah. And so knowing the impact that robots can have on customers where, especially when they're, when there's a huge gap in like, it's, it's no one ever talks about like, Oh, I'm going to implement a robot and I'm going to fire John over there. It doesn't happen. <laughs> no. It is a, Hey, we are missing 50, 60, 70 employees. Like we need this many just to keep up. Yep. with demand. And when you look at how much companies are growing, there is no question that we have to, we have to fill that gap with automation. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's really exciting about being in this particular space is, is having that impact on our customers. So, yeah, absolutely. I think what, what you mentioned there that, uh, the, with the, with the labor gap, like we, there, we've had contracts that we won that were, you know, we're talking about two years out to do the contract. And they call us back a month later. Hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and implement this now. And it's all because of just the, this labor shortage. Labor, yeah. And I really don't think, I think as a human race, especially you in the United States, we are, we have hit a point where I don't want to say there's not, never going to be like a reduction in like unemployment rates or anything like that. But I don't think our unemployment will ever go like past a certain percentage ever again. I think because because the demand deficit is going to be so much in the we need employees direction mm -hmm. that because of that demand, we're never going to have enough employees and only so many people can be born. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have like China saying oh, only two kids. Right. So <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Yaskawa produces way more than two robots. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's so. right. Well, and, and it's when you think about how much we're growing and how much more manufacturing we're bringing back to the states. Right. So it's like. The companies that are already here are mm. growing. We already have an employee gap, right, or deficit, and then we're trying to bring more and more manufacturing by, back, to, the, back yeah. to the U.S. So yeah. it's like there, there's no question. I mean, we 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 both know that the deficit in in welders, right, is mm -hmm. is going to be four hundred thousand 
by is either this year or next year, right? So it's already close to that, right? It's yeah. not like it, it goes from zero to 400,000. We already know that there's a huge deficit. Yeah. And, and that is such an important role in manufacturing anything, like vehicles, anything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so it, is, it is critical that, uh, that we get more automation implemented yeah. and that, that customers have the confidence to, to do it. So Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, too, like anybody who's like in the position of implementing automation or just Overall, if you're looking looking to like uh, grow your business or impress your boss, to uh, keep an eye out for like grant stuff because I, yeah. I know there's already grant stuff out there, and I also my prediction is that over you know the next ten years there's going to be major releases in grants to for like the push of automation robotics, and there's already some programs out out there like that where uh, the government will pay like fifty percent of your application for any type of new technology. Uh, to your business and every single state has uh, different uh, programs like that as well and because of this this employee deficit it's only going to get larger and that's an excellent point because uh to add to that i mean it's um you know i've got an example of a, a, a machine shop who they took full advantage of it right they, they worked with the local university purdue university and um they helped them not like with the resources to kind of implement things mm. and to kind of talk through on, Hey, which machine is going to be the best to, to tackle. Yep. Um, and then with the grant money. And so, uh, and, and it's not just the grant money for the project, but then there's grant money for the training aspect of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then it's not only, Hey, let's get this implemented, but then you can get grant money to get your employees trained yep. um, on robotics or, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that's, that's an excellent point of, of looking out for those resources. Yeah. I think definitely for like yourself, for us as a company, like, one of our uh, objectives is like to, for us to get super educated on those things, right? Because then we can educate our customer. And uh, now, like like I said, like if, if the government's willing to pay 50%, it's like apply for this. And in all reality, like some of these individuals who are accepting these grants, like you may have names to them, we have, may have names to them, like the person who's actually accepting the grant. And uh, if we can give some type of word that says, Hey, I think this would be a good match that fits really well with your grant. And, you know, there could be a little bit of push to help that grant go through. Right. Cause mm -hmm. especially for maybe a company that's like not good at writing things on paper. Cause you do have to apply. You do have to say like what you're going to use it for, what the new technology is. Um, and, and then, you know, individuals like us can, and, and yourself could like help people walk through that process of like, this is why it's valuable. This is what, you know, the new technology is. And, and, uh, you know, the positive aspects of your business. Mm -hmm. No, that's excellent. And, um, you know, that's great for customers just to have the idea that they need to be looking out for these other, other avenues to help them automate. Um, I think about like, we've got someone on, um, with Yaskawa been with, I, I forget how long he's been there Clint Chapman, but he's, he heads up like our education side. Mm. And so that is his focus. He, he goes out and, and works with colleges, universities, tech schools, community colleges, um, local businesses to figure out, Hey, how can we get more people trained in robotics and automation? Um, it did a lot of work with a e -cami, uh, facility out in Eastern Kentucky. Um, they've been doing great work with, with helping educate people, like train them up on, um, machine, uh, you know, machining skills and then robotic skills and, and they're getting, sight unseen un uh, you know, without even an interview, they've got job offers you know, as long as they get through that school, they've got a guaranteed job mm -hmm. offer getting out of it. So there's plenty of resources to tap into to, to get your company or your people trained up and 
and into automation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And also anybody who's like looking, looking to go to college, that's something to, 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 to keep in mind is look at the college and see like who they have partnerships with, mm -hmm. you know, like I, like Ivy tech here, I think Vincent's university, they both have like Toyota partnerships. So like you go through their program, you can get like their yeah. apprenticeship. I mean, this five, 10 years ago, they was paying people an apprenticeship like $18 an hour. Mm -hmm. um, and so like those opportunities are very big. And, and, you know, by even searching around the different college that you may attend that maybe there's a particular employment employer in your area that you want to uh, go work for. It's kind of like one of your dream goals or whatever. Yeah, right? Yeah. And you might already have an in through whatever that schooling, uh, a procedure college or whatever that's in your area yeah yeah and two two examples i have like i'm from i'm in louisville and so like ge has a has a, a program through yeah. through louisville and and actually specifically geared towards the automation um and then i know we, we've yaskawa has partnered um with uh, memphis university uh with uh with fedex down there so mm. um so yeah there's there's definitely plenty of opportunities to get tied in together so absolutely do you have any last valuable tips to add to the people coming into our industry um i would uh i'd i'd say just uh find find people that are excited about where whatever path you're looking at find someone excited to to uh be kind of a mentor mm. you know to to look under ask the questions um and get on a path and, and figure out how to get in there um into the automation space and uh, uh one one kind of motto or mantra that I forget the guy that that said it, but uh, he always said like, "Don't waste your pain." And I've I've thought about that so many times. Don't waste your pain. And mm. so I try to turn it into a positive, which is like, use your pain, right? Yeah. But the whole idea is that like, whenever we struggle with something about you know it's, it's hurtful, whether it's complicated or, or mm -hmm. there's so many challenges these days of, of using it and figuring out like what's the lesson. Yep. Right. So I just went something through something real painful and, and learning into this uh, into this new industry or whatever. Sure. Um, what's that pain and what's the lesson? Sure. Um, and and there's a lot to be gained from that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's that's an ultra valuable tip because you know like switching to being a business owner, any type of career shift or whatever, right? You're going to experience some pains, especially, <laughs> especially in the beginning <laughs> stages. And uh, man, it's so valuable to like analyze and think about things and. And also too, like uh, any of the individuals around you, like maybe question them, like, Hey, like I'm experiencing this issue, this pain, like, how can I get through this? Or how can like, so we have internal discussions. Cause like, I, you know, me, I'm always uh, concerned with like improving myself and like how to handle things better. And, and so like, we'll have like some of our company discussions, like a, a, at least probably 5% of our company companies discussions is like, okay, here's like this issue that we dealt with. Like, how do we, how do we like, turn this into a positive or what do we do to put in place a procedure or, or just a learning for ourselves personally to take that pain next time and either, either handle the pain better or just completely avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very important to analyze and learn, learn those lessons. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, Doug. I'm hey, thank you so much. Show. Really appreciate it. Thank you.